Well, hello there and good morning. Welcome to another edition of Live Stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, and frankly, for anyone else who wants to join us. Uh, my name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here today. We are going to go ahead and get started with music to allow others to join us and uh, follow along. It's going to be um, actually a very special uh, music, Mahalia Jackson. In honor of Black History Month, this is Black History Month, and Mahalia Jackson is one of the more well-renowned uh, individuals uh, in uh, black history, especially with her gospel music and even her activism uh, during the Civil Rights Movement. But let me go ahead and play uh, How I Got Over by Mahalia Jackson to allow people to jump on with us, and thanks for being here this morning. And here it comes. Hey, Arlen, good morning. Arlen and Angie, I should say. Good morning. Clarinda, good morning. Mahalia Jackson. Good morning. And Ronnie, good morning. Thanks for being here this morning. We got a little dusting of snow this morning. Kelly, good morning. Thanks for being here. Good choice this morning, Arlen, I'll tell you. say good morning to her anyway. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. Larry and Ann, there is Miss Laura. Good morning, Miss Laura. Hey, Arlen, we need to keep doing this music thing. This really lets people jump on. It's great. Gives people time to get set up while they're fighting with their internet. Amen. I was making a joke with a guy yesterday. His computer was running so slow. I said, You need to hit that modem and kick it. Just like the old AOL days. all seriousness, nobody's computer should be running as slow as that person's computer was running. That was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. It's like time to throw that thing against the wall. It was close. It was close, yes. Good morning, Joanna. Charles and Joanna, good morning. <laughs> My 
might be a good idea to get uh, Mac computers, MacBooks. That's the way to do it. Do I have Mahalia? We got Mahalia Jackson around here somewhere, probably. Break out some. It's in Dad's collection, yeah. I'll have to pull some of those out. It's pretty good. Marquetta, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Playing Mahalia Jackson. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Yep, I know. It never fails. That's why I left it open. We have two kitties. One of them uh, just seems to like to come alive whenever they hear we're on the air. <laughs> so we pray for that. We pray for peace and that we don't have to use the water bottle to make it still happen. Good morning, Cindy. Amen. Mahalia Jackson. Amen. Amen. Yes, indeed. That was definitely worth uh, the introduction this morning. Mahalia Jackson, How I Got Over. Um, we may have to play some more Mahalia. Um, this is a heads up because that's, that, that's pretty good stuff to start the day and, and pretty much go all day long. I think I had shared a while ago that I was not that much into to gospel music when I was younger. I've gotten a lot greater appreciation for it today just because of, well, part of it was the times we live in, but a lot of it is just getting back to where uh, the, the grassroots of gospel, the place where we need to be. Sometimes the old school gospel is really good. That's old school gospel. Okay. Um, so we're going to have announcements. One thing I want to point out, too, and I, I don't know if, if sometimes I've, I've heard myself when I listen to my recordings uh, back. Every now and then you're going to hear a clicking noise sometimes. What is this clicking sound? It's, it's me. <laughs> I have a pen. I have a pen that actually is something that I, I, I have where I can push on it and, and click on things. So while I'm talking, I realize that one day I was clicking like I was, uh, sounded like something like you stick in the middle of a, a uh, bicycle spokes or something as you're riding along. It was ridiculous. So uh, forgive me for that, but uh, it's just something that I do, and I don't really pay attention to it that much. But I've, ever since I saw these pens, I said, boy, this really does help when uh, for focus is what it's, what it's all about. So uh, if you hear those clicks, you just kind of know it's me. So I wanted to mention that because I know that some people are like, what is all that? Uh, is it, is I think it, they're going crazy. Thing. If you think you're going nuts, and it's no, it's just me going nuts. Don't don't pay it. Don't believe it's you at all. <laughs> I I take full ownership of going nuts on something like Thank that. You. So <laughs> you just just so you're aware of that. So I have a I have a clicky pen here. This is a this is really cool actually. Um, I I really like it. So. Um, but having said that, it does help me to stay focused on what's going on. So thank you for your understanding. Um, so just for what it's worth. Um, Let's do some announcements other than the, the clicky pen thing. Uh, first of all, uh, please note that there will be a message available here online on the Akron Alliance Fellowship uh, uh, Facebook page in the timeline uh, immediately following Sunday School. It's a pre-recorded message on a strong take on prayer. A strong take on prayer. It is, um, I got to be honest with you, this is something that kind of uh, didn't really sneak up on me because I was preparing for 
a number of messages, and this one just kind of took the forefront after I kept getting all kinds of messages about talking about prayer. It's a, it's a big deal right now, and I, I guess I just want to make sure that believers are using prayer at its maximum capacity when we are really praying and we're not treating prayer as something that we just do for the sake of doing it or as an afterthought. That was really the premise of the whole message. So I hope that you, for those of you who are not coming to church in Akron uh, later today, uh, well, later this morning, please stay tuned online for the strong take on prayer. It's, um, um, I, I think, I believe it's a great message. Um, of course, it's coming from the Holy Spirit. It's not coming from me. So I uh, just want to give it, uh, give it its due. And please remember your tithes and offerings. We um, uh, ask that you always remember your tithes and offerings. We still want to be, make sure that we're contributing to the church as much as we can in order for the church to be able to manage the expenses that come with uh, operating it, uh, the, the heat, the, um, all the utilities, that type of thing. Um, if you are mailing them, please mail them to uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you remembering the tithes and offerings and making sure to take care of those things. And I just thank you again for your uh, patronage being here today for Sunday school. We, we want to make sure that we're continuing Sunday school as often as possible. We're one of the few churches that actually talks about doing Sunday school. And the only one that I'm aware of that actually does it online. So uh, there may be others, but I don't. I haven't seen them. I don't know who they are. Jackie, good morning. Thanks for being here. I'm glad you could stop by. And we're going to go ahead and get into the lesson because we've got we've got a little bit to cover. Well, we're going to cover a little bit this morning. We, there's no way we can cover all of this in one sitting, obviously, but. One of the things we're talking about with biblical inerrancy is we're making sure that we kind of back into the discussion about why the Bible is so important and why we can trust the Bible as being uh, without error. And and as we put it, when we talk about uh, being inerrancy, meaning freedom from error or untruths, okay? And we also want to make sure that um, when we look at God's word, it is infallible. We we have to take into account that the, the, the original message that God uh, wanted to present to us, uh, who, that was given to us, is indeed what we're reading today. And we don't need to uh, pick apart uh, necessarily when there are errors that, that take place in the transcription of Scripture. I'm going to trust something that's very, very important here, too. And this is something that those who are skeptical about the Bible and where it comes from, they're skeptical because they said, well, man, you know, was involved in writing it down and man had his hands on it and all that stuff. But you got to understand something that's coming directly from uh, the word of God. It's from, directly from God. It's coming from inspiration. We'll talk about that this morning as we look at this in greater detail. And it's really important for us to make sure that we are looking at it from a historical perspective, the historical process on how we got the Bible. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing here today. And... Uh, Thanks so much, Jackie, with the double cup of coffee. I love that. Um, I have my coffee because I need it. So let's go ahead and get into this discussion about uh, biblical inerrancy and and look at the historical process because that's where we're going to start. Full credit to Dr. Bill McRae, who is the uh, one who had this study. And I like the way this study was laid out because it, it provides a logical argument uh, as far as biblical inerrancy, and there's much more to talk about besides this particular study, but uh, we want to get into it, and I encourage everybody who's involved here to please take notes. We we encourage you to take some notes here because of the nature of the study. It's not going to be necessarily all a lot of scriptures to look at. We'll be looking at some scriptures as we go along, but we want to make sure that we're thinking this thing through. So with that in mind, we're, let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Amen. Father, thank you for this time that you have set aside for us to look to you and focus on and study your word and hear your inspiration. Lord, we thank you for how the Spirit teaches us as we hear words and understand words. And Lord, we just want to have more of your wisdom and knowledge as we go through this study. We want to be able to have confidence 
that the words that we read in Scripture are indeed your words. And we thank you that through this study and through other studies that we may partake uh, with, that you will show us that very thing, that we trust the words that are being told to us. We thank you for the Spirit and its ability to teach us as well, too. Bless us and keep us, Lord, and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. The historical process. We're going to look at this here, and we need to understand that, first of all, if we want to have understanding of what biblical inerrancy represents, we have to believe and have to have the understanding that the historical process is involving the Word of God that's coming from the mind of God to the original manuscripts. The original manuscripts that were presented um, for transcription and copying and all the things that go into it in the future. So we have to believe that from a historical perspective, God is the one who provides the inspiration. It was coming directly from the mind of God to get to the original manuscripts. And then as we look at this process, we can now look at how the Bible got to us and how we, how we have the Bible that we have today. Still, to my knowledge, the best-selling book in the entire world. There's no other book that has outsold the Bible, and there won't be any other book that outsells the Bible, just based upon the sheer volume of Bibles that are out there. And, you know, if, if Bibles weren't, let's, let's put it this way, if Bibles weren't selling, uh, you wouldn't see these new versions of Bibles coming from Tony Evans or, or anyone else. Uh, their, their Bibles are, are always going to be available for people to come and purchase and look at. Bibles are sometimes handed down in families and things like that, but most people seem to purchase them and get them. So if the Bible wasn't popular, if the Bible wasn't important, um, then you would start to see it really disappear. And now keep in mind something. Um, when I say disappear, I mean you can't find it. You can't just go to a store and buy one, or you just can't go and pick one up. So we need to understand that the process starts with a thought in the mind of God and the next step after that is that the thought in the mind of the human authors of Scripture, and then it goes from there to the next step, which is from the mind of the human author to the original Greek and Hebrew manuscripts. So there was a transition that was taking place when the, 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 the Bible was just being, it was being presented as, as inspiration given to the people who were writing it, and they write it and make it part of the original manuscript, and then it went from there to the human authors, which, where it was translated to them and given to them. So we have the version of the original Greek and Hebrew manuscripts. And that's where we put a lot of our emphasis, obviously, in how we get derived scripture today. It goes back to the original Greek and Hebrew. Now, on the basis of those major steps, there are implications that need to be made uh, from that situation. First of all, the original Greek and Hebrew manuscripts went from there to the collection of the 66 books that we have now captured in the Bible into just the one book, the one Bible. So, and from there we go to the modern Greek and Hebrew Bibles that are available for us today to study. But because we don't read Greek and Hebrew, we don't have uh, the ability to read that type of uh, those languages. That's why you know they have studies for Greek and Hebrew, obviously, so that you can read those things. But the next step, of course, is the modern English Bible, which means that all of the English Bibles from the King James Version all the way up to the modern versions that we have discussed, um, the New Living Translation, the Christian Standard Bible, the um, uh, English Standard Version, the NIV, the New International Version, we have all of those different modern Bibles that are written in English for us to understand and read. And we have the option and the ability to read multiple versions of those because of their availability. The World English Bible, which is a, uh, a Bible you can find anywhere because it's a, it's a matter of uh, public domain. Uh, that's the other thing, World English Bible. From there, we move the Bible from the Bible that is in our hand to a thought in our minds. That's, that's very important for us to understand. This, we have the Bible, but now we have the ability to understand with a thought in our minds, and then from there we are moving from the written page before us into the mind of the believer. And then from the mind of the believer, the next step is the action that that person takes in his life, and from there, communicating that which he, what he has learned to others. 
So you see the basic process. It starts from the mind of God and comes into the mind of the believer, and the mind of the believer shares with others. That's where the Great Commission comes in. That's where the Great Commission comes in for anyone who has a mind of understanding for those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to make the assumption that if you're expressing the mind of God, you are a believer because you trust that his word is true. You believe Jesus Christ is Lord. And from there, you can share with others what's happening. And we all know what the Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 19 and 20 talks about. That's the, the message about the gospel. That's the message about how God says that he wants everyone to go into the world and preach the gospel. You're not able to preach the gospel unless you know it. And if you don't know it, uh, you have to go back and look at it and understand it. It comes directly from God himself. It's his inspiration. My wife and I are big on the word inspiration. And the reason why we, we like the using the word uh, inspiration is because my wife is a creative. Uh, I am a creative. That's a type of, it's an adjective describing the type of personalities we have. My wife is an artist. She draws and is inspired uh, to draw certain things. And, and it, it comes from what God gives us. These are, these are giftings that God gives uh, for people. And we have to believe that there were people involved in this process here who certainly were inspired by God to write down what he told them to write down. And that's what we want to recognize here. So we want to move from a thought in the mind of God to a thought in the mind of the human author. And then from a thought in his mind to the original Greek and Hebrew manuscripts that the writers wrote. And it goes from there. So historical process, that's where we're starting out. We're going to be starting out with a thought in the mind of God. And we kind of uh, covered uh, the entire process of the historical process of how we got the word of God and where the Bible comes from. And we, we hope that and trust that this exercise will help us to back into this whole discussion about is the Bible without error? Is the Bible um, inerrant? Is the Bible true? Because it all goes back to who? The mind of God. That's what we need to recognize here. That is what's really important. And that mind of God comes down to the word revelation. Revelation from the mind of God. That's what this is all about. And so we want to recognize what this revelation is and kind of look at this particular part of the study now first. And we'll get into a scripture or two to look at it for what it really comes down to. So first of all, revelation is the historical process where the word comes from the mind of God to the original Greek and Hebrew manuscripts of our Bible. And so there are two basic stages in this process. We want to look at the two stages. The first stage takes us from a thought in the mind of God to the thought in the mind of the human author. In other words, there had to have been a thought from the mind of God given as a revelation to an individual, the author, whoever the person is, is going to write down what the scriptures are. And it's important for us to understand that there is a gap that is bridged by the doctrine of revelation. We need to understand a very important thing. When we speak theologically or of revelation, we are speaking of that which bridges the gap from a thought in the mind of God to a thought in the mind of the authors of the word of God. So now we've got to define revelation. The simplest way to define revelation, it was making known to others that was previously unknown to them. In other words, there had to have been a thought process. You know, just like when you see a light bulb go off, or there's a symbol where you see a light bulb, like an idea, something that's popped up over someone's head, like if it was drawn in there. Well, like, well, I just thought of something that I had never thought of before. Here's a brand new thought, right? Well, that's what revelation is. Revelation is making known to others what was previously unknown to them. So these authors... They were learning something that they did not have in their mind before, and it's because God had to inspire that way of thinking. You ever notice how you, you know, you'll, you'll go along and you'll start thinking of something, and, and it was something that never occurred to you before? Well, that's, that's what revelation is. That's what, that's what something is going here. Um, and um, you know what, Marquetta? Let's, I'm going to go ahead and pray right now for that, because if I don't pray for it now, I may forget later. So I'm going to go ahead and stop right this moment. And we'll pray for your mom who, uh, who has COVID. So let's pray right now. Father, we just uh, pray for Marquetta's mom. We pray that you will just overshadow her with your presence. And 
Lord, you are the great physician. You are the great healer. You are the one who can uh, do anything when it comes to healing. And we thank you, Lord, for being a physical healer. But, Lord, help us also spiritually as well, too. We need that healing where we just need to trust in you in all things and rely upon you in all things that you do. And we thank you for your the answers to prayer. We thank you for how we anticipate, Lord, you will answer prayer. We trust in you, and we rely upon you in all these things. And we ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. And uh, we, we indeed have prayed, and we're going to keep praying and keep that in mind and, and remember that. And I appreciate very much the fact that, you know, we do use this class to use it as a time for prayer, too. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So we need to understand what revelation is, getting back to the study. Making known to others what was previously unknown to them. Take a look, please, at Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, I want you to turn your Bibles, electronic devices, to Ephesians 3. And we're going to look at this particular passage and see what it says here. As soon as I figure out what I'm doing. Ephesians 3. We'll start at verse 1. We'll probably drop down here a little bit as we go. Um, well, we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Ephesians 3, verses 1 through 3. Ephesians 3, verses 1 through 3. This is what we need to look at. This is going to be an illustration of this revelation about making known something to others that was previously unknown to them. Ephesians 3, verse 1. This is the New Living Translation. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God, you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. In verse 3, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. Now there is a clue right there. This is something we need to understand, and that the transcription of this is accurate in that Paul is revealing to us, the verse is telling us that God made known to the Apostle Paul the mystery, and he made known that mystery to Paul by revelation. It was revealed to him. Revelation is a revealing of information, is what it is. That's what, when we look at the book of Revelation, it's a revealing what does Revelation talk about? It's a revealing of what? What's going to happen in the future? future it's the future events. And so when we see Revelation, we, don't, we shouldn't get thrown around by that word. That word means a revealing. It's a revealing of what's going on. Paul is saying that the mysterious plan was revealed to him by Revelation. Okay. So now the question is, what is that mystery? What is the mystery that he's referring to. Well, let's take a look. Drop down to verse 4 in Ephesians 3. And we're going to read through to verse 6. Ephesians 3, verses 4 through 6. As you read what I have written. Now, here we go. Now, watch carefully. You will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations... But now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. Verse 6. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. That's awesome. Sharing the good news equally. This is what's being revealed. This is what was revealed to Paul. And this is what Paul is sharing with us. And so this is all that was inspired through the word of God. Through what God's mind brought this to Paul's, uh, Paul's attention for him to record it. So that is what is revealed. We don't have time to expound the revelation. We can't get into all of this specifically right now. But it is simply the revelation regarding the church whereby Jew and Gentile would be together as fellow heirs, as fellow members in the body of Christ. Now, that was not in the minds of anyone prior to this thing about when Christ came along, and even afterward, uh, when Paul is talking about it. He had to see this for himself as well, too. And that was after Christ rose. That was after his ascension, by the way. So we need to understand that these things were being revealed According to God's timing, let's, let's, let's just call it as it is. It's according to his timing. 
so this was not known in the Old Testament. This wasn't known to Daniel. It wasn't known to David. It was made known to the Apostle Paul. That's revelation. That's the revelation according to the mind of God and what he shared with Paul. Now, how did God make that truth known to the Apostle Paul? He tells us it was by revelation. So revelation in the Bible, theologically, is God making known to the human authors things which they had not previously known. Now, that's really important for us to understand when we talk about how Scripture, over time, had to evolve based upon what? The timing of God and how he revealed information to those who were uh, taking note of it. The ones, the authors, those who were recording it, those who were writing it down. So, there's a need for revelation, obviously. We're in need of revelation in four particular areas. First of all, um, and these you might want to jot down because that's going to be pretty important. First of all, man is entirely dependent upon revelation, first of all, for his knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. That's the key phrase to write down. Knowledge of God. This is why we need revelation. To obtain knowledge of God. How else do we do this? How are we going to learn about who God is? First of all, we have to understand something. Those of us who were non-believers and became believers, we had to take first steps to do what? Learn God's word. We had to read the scripture. We had to understand what scripture was saying through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And keep in mind something also very important here, too. The Holy Spirit has to be in all of this as far as knowledge of God because it's the Spirit who brings people to a place where they need uh, have an understanding that they need a Savior. People don't realize that the Holy Spirit, even though it comes and dwells within you once you be- become a believer in Jesus Christ, um, the Spirit has to be the one to give you the mind to do that. And then the Spirit does come in and dwell with you when you say, I need Jesus Christ as Lord. So it's all about knowledge of God. We are entirely dependent upon revelation for our knowledge of God. Um, there, the study of theology goes all over the place when it comes to knowledge and study in this particular sense. But we got to understand that no matter what we're studying or looking at, we still have to come right back to the place where you are studying and learning about God, knowledge of God. And you need to place yourself in a position where what you're studying, that you have a knowledge about God as God makes himself known to men. God makes himself known to you. It's an ongoing process, isn't it? Knowledge of God, that's really important here. So we're dependent upon our revelation for our knowledge of God. You can't put God in a test tube. You can't work him out mathematically. You can't. You can do all kinds of studies and try to be clever about it, but what it comes right down to is that whatever you know about God is because God revealed it to us. He revealed it to us. The knowledge of God, he's revealing it to us because we can't know who God is unless he tells us, unless he reveals that very thing to us. The next thing that we're dependent upon in this revelation is our knowledge of the origin of men. The knowledge of the origin of men. The origin of mankind. Um, How do we... We can't back into it even with science, can we? We we have to kind of look at it from a standpoint of God sharing how it was that man was created. He had to share that in the book of Genesis with us. He had to give us that information. Science will try to explain things. Um, Oh, you know what? Let me... Let me even clarify something here. True science does not deal with origins. You have to understand something. The Big Bang theory that they taught us in school, it was a theory. We got to understand when we hear the word theory, theory means it's a thought in the minds of man as to what happened. But does it really describe our origin? Does it really describe where we came from? Was there a Big Bang that miraculously formulated into people becoming... Uh, form in this perfect way that God made us. Uh, You have to understand that. That's just a theory. And I I know that if anybody is in science and they hear me say something like this, it's like, oh, you can't say something like that. Yeah, I can. You're just telling, you just told us all it's a theory. It's a thought in the mind of man. And we don't think the way God does. 
And so the knowledge of the origin of men is what we need to look at here. So God had to reveal this information to us as well, too. Um, we are dependent upon revelation for any knowledge of the origins of men. The third point to cover here that we're dependent upon for revelation is for our knowledge of our responsibility to God. Knowledge of our responsibility to God. That is the only way that you can know what your responsibility to God is, is for God to tell you what that responsibility is. Uh, if he didn't tell us, we wouldn't know, would we? Would we have knowledge of that? It is totally futile for you to sit down and for you to figure out what your responsibility is to God. That's not going to be helpful. If anything, you won't really even think about God if you just sat down and did that. You'd be thinking more about yourself, how you're responsible for it to, to yourself. But God has to show us. God's the one who has to tell you what your responsibility is to God. And so we depend upon revelation to know what our responsibility is to God. God has to give us information to help us to understand why we're here, why we were created, what it is about God's will that is important. These are all things that he has to show us and teach us. And the last thing that we're entirely dependent upon, the fourth thing and the last thing, is for our knowledge of the future of man and his universe. For the knowledge of the future of man and his universe. Uh, a, a man, John Montgomery, suggested that because we are on the road of history, we are unable to know the future of history. We're in the process. We are in the process. We understand that history is being made every day, right? Every day that goes by is one more day that is chalked up in history. But we're still in the midst of making that history, aren't we? We're still in the middle of it. So we may think we can look ahead and make plans for tomorrow and next year. The fact is that we have nothing at our disposal to know what tomorrow is going to bring. We have no way we can make predictions of the future. The weather, the weather people that we supposedly rely upon to give us forecasts, they have been right. Well, lately they're more right than wrong, but they're still wrong at times. They'll miss a forecast because the reality is, yeah, they'll miss it by a lot. And understand something, the technology today is much better where they can predict the weather than it used to be uh, let's say 50 years ago, we have and much, they still blow it. and they still mess up. <laughs> they still don't get it right. Well, it's the same for us too. We can't. We can make plans. We can prepare for the future, but we have no way of knowing what the future is going to bring. We have no way of knowing. We don't know how long we're going to live individually. Amen. We know we have a we have a certain number of days. And that we know that because God has had to teach us this, these things. But we recognize that we don't have any uh, way of knowing um, what's going to come in the future. We don't know what the future of mankind is, apart from someone giving us the historical process. And who can see that and who knows that? And we have to understand that if we have certain behaviors that we partake upon, we know that if we don't do the things we should be doing, there could be a certain... Uh, dismal uh, future for those individuals as well too but we know that because God teaches us that too you see how much God gives us information on if we didn't have that we wouldn't have a way to make conclusions like that so we're saying that man is entirely dependent upon revelation to know anything about the future of man and his universe so Christianity or being involved in Christianity has given us this information that God, in his wisdom, in his mercy, frankly, in his, the way he has given us this revelation, he has satisfactorily and completely met these needs. What has he done? He has given us a revelation, given to us a revelation of himself. He's given to us a revelation of the origins of men. He has given us a revelation of our responsibility to God. He has given us a revelation of the destiny of of man and his universe. He's done all those things. So what he's done, he's covered and give, he's revealed himself. He's covered the past, how we were created, and has taken us all the way through to a place where we are today, understanding what our responsibility is to the place where we now know what the destiny of man is and his universe. 
This is the central contention of Christianity. This is what Christianity is all about. And that's Jesus Christ is the center of all of that. He is the one who is indeed the one who reveals these things to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, we're talking about a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three, working in one, give us this information and provides this information to us. So let's mention a couple of other classifications here about general and special revelation, because that's something that we'll probably uh, finish up with here today just at, and pick up next week as we go forward with this. But I hope that you can see how important God's word is to us, that we would have no knowledge of God unless he did what? Revealed it to us, gave it to us. We, we wouldn't have any way of understanding what's going on. So let's look at Revelation. We can put it into two classifications, two major classifications. And you're going to note that generally by students of the Bible, revelation is considered to be either general revelation or special revelation. General revelation falls into three categories, creation, providence, and conscience. And so you, you, that's why we can't, we can't rocket through this study. We have to take these, these things one step at a time here. Uh, general revelation falls into three categories, creation, providence, and conscience. Okay? So let's take a look at a couple of passages to share that. Uh, let's take a look at Romans chapter 1. And let's see what we got here in verses 19 and 20. Ah, good. Yes, that's good. Romans, go to Romans 1, verses 19 and 20. Let's take a look at what it says here. And this is going to be a general thing. I think that's what we want to try to cover here. Romans 1, verses 19 and 20. Romans, 19, Romans 1, 19. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. What does it say? He made it obvious to them. Verse 20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Amen? That's all people. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And when we see this passage, we have to think about this for a moment here. In order for you to deny God, you, in order for you to say you don't know God, you have to deny him. You have to literally deny him and say, it's not important to me to know who God is. Because God has given this to everyone. This is for everyone to see. The very nature, the nature of how things have been done, we need to see and understand that this is exactly what God had to do. He had to give us this revelation. And it's through everything he made. It's through his creation, the earth, the sky, and through that, they can see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. We see God as indeed our creator, the uncreated creator. That's what we see if we're really paying attention to what God is showing us. And they have no excuse for not knowing God. Amen. That's a powerful verse. Go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. Okay. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. For the choir director... Amen. Amen, Marquetta. Very good. For the choir director, a psalm of David, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Now, that's something that's really important. When we look at paintings, we went to see Van Gogh. We went to see the Van Gogh um, exhibit. The, the it was it illustrated Van, what is it, illuminated Van Gogh, something. I forget that's what it's called. I think it's, a, mm -hmm. we went to see that, and we got to see Van Gogh's paintings. Projected and they're projected on a wall. In, uh, we're in a room, <clears throat> and they're projected on walls that all around us uh, with sound. There's music playing as well as how they take the images of Van Gogh and they are plastered up and they have it where they can do the digital movement as well too with those paintings as well. It was a, it was a wonderful uh, display. 
and we saw that Van Gogh was indeed a, a very specially gifted man. Uh, he was doing crea creation, and he one of his more famous paintings is the painting of the sky, the illumination of the skies, the stars, starry, starry night, that type of thing, yeah. And you, you just look at it, and you just marvel at the, the wonder of how he was inspired. He didn't even live very long. It was like a short life, but boy, he, he crammed in thousands of paintings over the course of his life. And I, and I really mean thousands. That's how much work he did. But when I look at the skies display his craftsmanship, I just looked at how God, if you look at a night sky, if you look at the stars, if you look at the, the skies uh, during the daytime, and you can sometimes even see the moon and the stars even within the day, and the clouds and all that, you're just seeing the heavens proclaim the glory of glory of God. That's something that's really important. We see evidence of God every day, and we see evidence of it in just by looking outside, <laughs> just by going outside and looking at the skies. And and I love that the creative nature of God, the the creative nature of God, as far as showing us the beauty of of rainbows and skies and sunrises and sunsets, and the pictures, and just go and, and just go and look at the different types of sunsets. If you just type in on your search engine, maybe DuckDuckGo, uh, type in something about um, sunsets, you'll get all kinds of pictures of sunsets, and you'll see the beauty of what God shows us. This is all him doing it. I mean, that's what we have to recognize. And let me read verse 2, because I didn't even get to verse 2. I, I got stopped at verse 1 in Psalm 19. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. Amen. And, and I'm going to add in verse 3, only because it, it says something that's very appropriate too. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. That's a beautiful psalm. If you take the time and read Psalm 19 on your own, that's a nice homework assignment. Take a look at that and read that whole psalm. It's beautiful. Um, that's the poetry of God as well, too. You see, Do you see how God is inspiring us in so many different ways and so many creative ways? Poetry, lights, music, sound. Um, it, it's just fascinating. How can you deny the presence of God when you see these things. And that's the thing we have to understand. I'm going to trust that when we look at these things, this is how God has revealed himself in creation. Uh, one more to look at real quick. He also revealed himself in providence. I guess I'm going to have to get to conscience too. So and according to put in Acts 14, 17, I'll have you just put that in the, um, uh, in the timeline. Acts chapter 14, verse 17. We learn about him in the giving of the rain, in the shining of the sun, in the coming of the snow, in the seasons of the earth, and so on. All of that is his providence, and God thereby reveals his goodness and kindness. Wow, how strong is that? So in Acts chapter 14, verse 17, he reveals all those things. Those things are communicated to us in his word. And in the third area of general revelation is man's conscience man's conscience and the conscience of man god has given us a revelation of himself so these three areas um that we have here creation providence and conscience he has revealed himself in these ways god's revelation god's general revelation is god's testimony to his existence and his character his existence and his character. That's what these three things do within this general revelation. We show that God does exist. It shows that God exists. And we show also his character. And that's what we need to understand here. It's a testimony to all men. And it's all discovered by human reasoning. As one looks at the sun and the moon and the stars and sees the plants and so on. It is designed to lead us to enjoy God. Amen. Now, we're going to stop here because we, have to, we, we won't have time to get into the special revelation, but we'll pick up with that next time because that's the thing that we need to see about special revelation, and that's going to help us uh, to see indeed how 
the special revelation comes through the prophets. It's going to come through the communication, through the Lord Jesus, the New Testament, that the more details, the details of what the Word does. So uh, I hope you join me next week for that. I hope that this is a good, I hope that this is a helpful study for you to, as we understand the nature of biblical inerrancy. We have to get to a place where we need to see all the wonders and the beauty that God has put forth right in front of us. And we read about it here in Scripture. We're getting all of this from Scripture, but sometimes just a matter go outside, enjoy sunsets, enjoy sunrises, enjoy life, live your life with the appreciation that God has given you life, and he give it, gives it to you for you to enjoy all those things in creation. Uh, and we're not just talking about created things like that man does, but again, man is the one who is being enabled to build and do things. I, I, I really appreciate uh, everything that God is showing, not just you, but me. I, I'm learning a lot from this, too. This is, a, this is a wonderful study to go through and just take our time going through it, too. We don't need to rush through this. Uh, we want to get to it, but I, wanna, I hope that as we put all of these studies together here for biblical inerrancy, that we'll see a flow of information that's going to be helpful for all of us. Amen? So that's where we're going to stop here today, and we'll pick up with special revelation next week. And we just thank you for being here today. Uh, and being able to participate in this. I, I'm prayerful that this is beneficial for you to help bolster your faith and to encourage you to continue to seek after the Lord Jesus Christ. We, I cannot stress enough how important that is for us to keep building our relationship with the Lord Jesus as we go because we're still formulating this history that's being talked about, like we said in the Word, right? We're still formulating it. Things are still being worked out. There are still things that are being done. Uh, I appreciate every one of you, and I thank you for your kind words as well, too, because this is a, this is a big deal. I really, I really believe that we just need to keep going through this and just keep looking at God's goodness as we do it. That's what Sunday School is all about. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us once again to just get into your word and get into truth. Lord, we want to hear your truth. You are all spirit and truth. You have said that in your word and declared it. And we thank you for showing us the wonders of your creation, the wonders of your word, how you indeed encourage us through your word. We thank you for giving us the mindset to stop and pray when it's time to pray. We thank you for helping us to remember to pray all day long. We thank you for your presence today. And we ask that you just bless us and keep us, Lord. Give us travel mercies for if we're going out. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being here today. Uh, God bless you all. We are going to, uh, of course, you can come back on later on and do a replay for, uh, for the Sunday school if you want to for this week and last week as well. We will have the message available pre-recorded um, following Sunday school when we sign off here. Um, the message on a strong take on prayer. Uh, and that will be also live in church. So I'm heading down to Akron right now. You guys take care of yourselves. God bless you. We will see you next time.